and welcome to Everything Trying to Kill You, the podcast that loves and loves to rip on all your favorite horror movies. Before we get into any of the fun stuff today, I want to talk just briefly about what's going on um, in our uh, grand nation. Yeah, we're recording on June 11th, so probably a lot has happened between now and the time (laughs) you're listening to us. So currently... Currently, um, Lady Isabella is changing their names. Yeah, Confederate statues are coming down. Minneapolis is abolishing their police force. Stuff is stuff is changing. Stuff is moving, and stuff will be that much different by the time you're listening to this. Um, firstly, I want to say a quick thank you to um, the many many people from other marginalized communities that have stood in solidarity with the Black community. As you might imagine, real quick. If you've ever listened to this show for like 10 seconds before, Black Lives Matter. (laughs) This is a black woman talking to you. So like, (laughs) if you just figured that out, you haven't been actually listening to the show that long. And I hope it's a really pleasant surprise for you. Um, (laughs) So thank you to the many members of other marginalized communities who are standing with us. Other people of color, um, uh, non-black people with disabilities, non-black people, um, who belong to the LGBTQI plus community. Um, it's real easy when you belong to a marginalized identity to watch another community suffer and say, yeah, but I've got my own shit going on. And that um, is not only, you know, just kind of a cruel thing to do. It's also, um, it contributes to the erasure of black people with disabilities, black people who are queer. Um, so for those of you who had the option to just turn away or pretend it wasn't happening or not talk about it and said, fuck that and started screaming at your friends and family on Twitter and Facebook who have been donating, who have been marching. Thank you very much. We see you. Um, we're going to be there when those fuckers come for you too. Um, secondly, by the time this airs, I would hope that everyone listening, especially all y'all white folks are thinking, Oh God, I don't want to lose this. I don't want to lose this sense of momentum and this sense of purpose and this sense of urgency. Um, so what do you do? And uh, I've got a couple of recommendations. One, firstly, would be to place pressure on the places that make your money and where you spend your money. Start asking loudly, asking publicly, and asking insistently. Organize the activist groups you belong to to put that pressure on where you, the places where you shop and the places where you work to account for the way they're hiring, the way they're promoting, the way they're sourcing their merchandise. Secondly, this is a really little household thing, but if a lot of us do it, it makes a big difference. Um, Look at your consumables. Things like uh, cleaning products and household goods, things like hygiene and personal care items, things that you use up and then have to buy again. If you're looking for a way to support Black-owned businesses, that's a great, great opportunity to become a repeat customer that helps sustain a business long-term. Buying a t-shirt or a piece of furniture is not a bad move. Go do that for sure. It it can easily become a one-time purchase and suddenly it's been two or three years and when you want to buy your next piece of furniture, you don't even remember where you got it. Um, But start buying your lipsticks at the lip bar and you will find yourself on that website like three times a week because... Even if they haven't added colors, it's just also pretty to look at. And by the time we stop wearing masks, all of your lipsticks will have gone rancid. So (laughs) you'll need new ones anyway. Exactly. 
So get pick you up a tube of Boss Lady and you'll be ready to go. So yeah, look to your consumables and see, um, not see if, see how much and how quickly um, you can shift those to Black-owned businesses because I guarantee you whatever you're looking to buy, there is a Black-owned business producing it. Um, same with your books. Screw Amazon, spend a couple extra bucks, shop at Black-owned bookstores. You can just straight up Google that and find Yeah, there's actually a really long list of Black-owned bookstores that are online. So you don't have mm-hmm. to, like if there's not one in your town, you don't have to worry about it. You can just click until you find one that has in stock whatever you want. Like for maybe, you know, a book about a serial killer or something. If you wanted to do that, you could. <laughs> how many um, books, how many <laughs> fantasy sci-fi books written by black women do you think I have ordered in the last three weeks? Oh my gosh, like 12 at least. No, I'm not that rich. Oh. <laughs> but like four. <laughs> yeah. What are they? Oh, but uh, I'll, um, I'll also link to that list of booksellers yes, in the show notes. And you. if you are listening to us and you have a bookstore and you are a black person Please. and you're not on the list, if you email the people who wrote the list, they will add you. So it's really cool. It's growing forever. Um, it's a really cool resource. I'll link to it in our show notes so y'all don't have to hunt for it. Um, what were the What were the books that you got? Do you remember? Oh, I got uh, some N.K. Jemison. I got okay, Octavia okay. Butler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got another one off the top of my head. I don't remember it. It was the first I heard of it. I've heard that the author does not like it to be called the African Girl Harry Potter, and I was like, Yeah. <laughs> oh, Is it awesome. Akata Witch? I think so. Yeah, that's how they marketed it. <laughs> yeah, and she doesn't like she doesn't like that because like. Fuck you! It's its own story, like, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's what they do when they when they do books. Though they're like, "What if you like this? You like this too?" And it's probably usually a lot more unique and more interesting. Interesting, yeah. but they that one sold so, a yeah, lot. So, I did. Yeah. I did get a Cottowitch, and I got the beginning of N.K. Jemison's trilogy, and I got um, oh, um, which is the one by uh, we talked about the Octavia Butler one. It was was it Kindred? Yes, thank you, Kindred. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for those to arrive, have something new to do in my bathtub instead of just sit and stare into the void. I, um, I don't know if I told y'all about this already. Y'all, um, just listeners, for your, just for your notes, Mary went on like a social media sabbatical yesterday and all I wanted to do was text her. <laughs> I was like, you're going to love this book. Like, you know how sometimes it's like somebody's out of town, so all of a sudden you like, you have to tell them everything. Mm-hmm. Or like, don't don't ever try to take a nap because that's when everyone will get in touch with you, you know. Yeah. But I was I just finished this book called Hadriana and All My Dreams. It is horror, obviously. Um, it takes place in Haiti, and there is literally a butterfly with an insatiable libido whose libido does not go away Ooh. when he's turned into a butterfly. There is a woman with seven loins. Um, dead ass serious. I wrote on the chapter title, Seven Loins, what does that mean? It means exactly what you think it means. <laughs> and then there's a zombie bride. So in case you haven't uh, picked that up yet, it was only translated into English from French two years ago. It's by, um, I'm going to mispronounce this because it's a French name, uh, Rene Depestre, and translated by Kayama L. Glover, and it is the bomb. So... Guys, we'll put links for these specific yeah, books that say. we're mentioning in yeah. the show notes, and we'll have the link for the, uh, what you call it, list of bookstores. But we're not going to make it too easy for you. You just have to Google black-owned businesses for everything else. You'll be fine. Good. 
And as um, the white girl on the show, it's for like the white <laughs> listeners, I think it's very important this, you know, kind of call to action. If you're not able to show up to demonstrations and the die-ins and that are happening, I think to support black business is very, very important. Because Mary Kay, um, we have a mutual friend, Monica, mm-hmm. who... Mm. At one point, she was crossed with a mutual friend because the only time she got to see that mutual friend was when Monica would travel a distance to see them. And she was angry and she said, you know, it doesn't take a lot to be a friend. You just need to show up. That's all you need to do. And I think that's actually a very important element to this discussion is that in some way, you know, if you are an ally, that you show up in some way. So um, that was a great 10 minutes um, It was a really important 10 minutes. So um, for those of you who didn't know, if this was your first episode, that was such an exciting start. Um, I'm Mary. I'm Mary Kay. I'm Rachel. Um, And we are the hosts of Everything Trying to Kill You. Today, we are absolutely thrilled to welcome the guest of a lifetime (laughs) for this episode. (laughs) Andrew fucking Farmer. Yay! His name is just yeah. Andrew Farmer. I was just cursing. Oh my god. How did you know my middle name? <laughs> I love it. I'm so, I could not be happier to be here. As I was saying, I'm a longtime listener, so this is a delight. And what an incredible list of book recommendations. I, I wrote down like virtually all of them because, Woo! yeah, such a, such a thrill. Love that. Yeah. So, um, Andrew, would you like to tell us a little, little bit about yourself? Sure. And what you're working on and all the other cool things that people should uh, should check out once they fall in love with you in the course of this episode? Which you will, <laughs> guaranteed. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for having me. I You're truly so I am I'm just beaming. Uh it's a real delight to finally see your faces. I'm very I'm very familiar with your voices, but it's nice to <laughs> I mean Mary and I know have known each other for a long time, but yeah. um uh so I'm Andrew Farmer. I'm a writer, performer, comedian. Um I host a podcast with uh, my friend Anna Dresden, who's another amazing writer and comedian. You guys uh, might remember her from our single white female episode. Yes, yes. And her which, hilarious entire like mini TV show, Let's Go Shopping, yes. <laughs> came up with on the spot in the course of the episode. I know. Oh my gosh, that single fight, that single white female episode was. Yeah, I so I host that podcast. It's called Scary Stories to Tell in the Pod, where we uh, take a look at the old series Scary Stories to Tell, to tell in the Dark. We explore yeah! folklore, so urban cool. legends, um, and some really amazing user submitted stories. Um, it's a real, it's a real delight. And it really um, is a delight. It is a damn delight. <laughs> when we drove to Tampa, me and Mary listened to it like on repeat. Like we're not oh, on really? repeat, but like we lined them yeah. all up. Yeah, that's so. Well, nice yeah, of and you. the show wasn't that old yet, so we like burned through it, and we were like, "What the fuck?" Now what do we do? <laughs> we're done. <laughs> oh well, yeah. yeah. Let's listen to this other trash podcast. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> then we put our own podcast on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wouldn't that be so vain and awesome? Oh no. Yeah, I. <laughs> you know, it's my my. Whenever my husband listens to the podcast, he's always like, "Do you want me to leave the room when I listen?" And it, it I, and I feel like a creep to be like, "I prefer that you did because yeah. it feels stranger for me to just sit and watch him listen to to my podcast." It's it's a bad scene. Um, At least he listens. 
That's yeah. Very I know true. it's that's true. So well, sweet. he he wrote our theme song, so I think that oh, that's, that's cool. Um, it's really yeah. cool too. Oh, it's like a, you. you're going on an adventure. I that know theme it's. Song. It's funny. He he was struggling with like how to start, and then he was like, "Well, describe a situation to me." And I was like, "Okay, you're riding on a bike through some scary woods." Yes, and, that's and exactly he did it. And he was right. Like, got it. Yes, he got so it. So you just like. you told him to write music for ET. I did, yeah. I did. Which, yeah, which we, which we certainly bonded over from the very beginning. Uh, he's a big ET fan, um, and I write scary stories and scary, uh, hopefully movies, um, and a lot of them have to do kind of with the overlap between the horror genre and disability. I am a disabled person, um, and that's been a whole other experience too to kind of dive in through that lens. Well, thank you so much for joining us, uh, listeners. If you haven't followed him on Twitter, it's a jellyfish. That's a jellyfish. <laughs> I made a mistake. I it was I made it before I knew that you should have your Twitter account be your name, and so <laughs> you can change it. You homie. can change it, but it's awesome though. Why I, would well, you? It feels too late now to change it on Twitter. I mean, on Instagram, I guess I could, but. Yeah, it's that's a jellyfish. I don't know why it just is. I'm very <laughs> you know, sorry. We'll link to it in you, the show notes. If you check too. out that's a jellyfish, you will discover incredible videos of Andrew as and Dowd as villains <laughs> and Dowd never played. <laughs> and Dowd Amazing. knows about these videos now. <gasps> she does. Someone asked her about them in an interview, and she was like, "That sounds wonderful." Um, <laughs> you will also find illustrations of fun songs that are truly disturbing. Yes. <laughs> um, like, really good. Uh, we've retweeted a number of his videos, but uh, you if guys have been you so don't nice. follow us on Twitter, first of all, screw you, and secondly, <laughs> follow him then. Um, so thanks for joining us, Andrew. Uh, today, we're going to be discussing uh, the 2000 thriller What Lies Beneath, directed by Robert Zemeckis of Forrest Gump fame um currently as of this recording it's streaming on netflix mm-hmm. i hope it will still be the case when forever you i hope it never leaves <laughs> <laughs> so if you've never seen it go check it out because we'll definitely spoil it for you but also the theatrical trailer spoiled it for everybody i don't right. know if any of, anyone remembers this but like in the trailer not only did they tell you like the ghost is real they told you like this is who it is <laughs> Just like wrecks the first hour of a two-hour movie. <laughs> I I feel like trailers are super dangerous in general, though. Like as soon as I reach the point in a trailer where I have decided I want to see the movie, I'll turn it off. Same, because otherwise oh. they they give me too much information, and as a writer, my brain is like, oh, so this and this and this, I got it, and it's like it's so frustrating. That's smart to, to just to just turn it off right away. <laughs> yeah, I watched the trailer for us one time cuz I was like I can't no more. I can't. Yeah. That was risk one it. that well he did a great job and I think Jordan Peele had a lot of yeah. say in mm-hmm. how that trailer was composed because they had to be super careful not to spoil. Yes. Um and it really did I remember I think I watched the trailer for us like 20 times and I was like I still don't know what the fuck is going to happen in this movie, <laughs> but it's Lupita and Winston so I'm going. Exactly. I know. Yeah. Um, Winston brings us nicely into our icebreaker, actually. Yes, he was actually, mm -hmm, yeah. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I saw this point, and I, yeah, my mind sprung to that immediately. Go go ahead. Me too. (laughs) Um, So our icebreaker for today's episode, because this movie stars Harrison Ford, 
who, again, we're spoiling this shit for you, is definitely the bad guy. It's one of only like two or three times he's ever played a bad guy. Um, so, which Hollywood zaddy would most fuck you up if they turned out to be a monster? Because like that's what Zemeckis is playing on here, right? That mm-hmm. our collective image of Harrison Ford is like a hero. Right. So. so, first of all, for our listeners who might not know, can someone define the term zaddy? No, hmm. it's ineffable. I'm no. Uh, <laughs> Great. Okay. Zaddy, like, like daddy, but more so. Yeah, I I don't know why. I imagine I imagine um, like a, a daddy can just be sort of like you know your your average kind of schlub who has an appeal, and a zaddy is like a daddy with class, maybe. Ooh. So like a Clooney. Type. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But also, who just knows? Like, it could be like attitude. It could be like it's got BDE. That's what it is. It's BDE. Yeah. Okay. Got yeah, it. that's wait. It. What's that's BDE? Correct. Big dick energy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh, Rachel has been locked up for a while. Her eyebrows did some weird shit. <laughs> I'm ready. All right, if you're ready, you want to go first? We usually yeah. make the guest go first, but if you're if you're if you're hot to trot. No, please. I can wait. I won't forget. I won't forget. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, Oh, well, thank you. Um, okay. It's kind of – because, yeah, the zaddy thing is what is what throws a twist into it to me. I think for me, again, Winston Duke in Us, the, the like, shot when he's in the bed, uh, his thighs <laughs> in that movie are really – Very nice. Yes. I think they're, I think they're zaddy worth. Um, and then I think my other two would be – what's his name from Office Space who was in The Conjuring? Um, oh yeah I've had a long time crush on him it's probably a three-way tie between those two and then oh gosh what's this actor's name oh um uh the dad from Train to Busan yeah uh, oh my god Gong Yu I think yeah yeah, oh, yeah, you're you're, you're yeah. pressing all the buttons. Yeah, those are. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I took up three. I, it's just impossible okay. for me to choose between the three. Uh, oh, but yeah, those I, are my three. The great job, I think, because <laughs> I'm still like over here looking at my list, being like, I don't know, is he zaddy? Does he have BDE? So, Rachel, can you or Rachel or Mary? I need some more. Uh, I need y'all to continue this standard, so I know. Okay, Rachel, why don't you go first? Because I am trying to. Sure. I'm trying to refine my. I'm going to say Ruby Rose. Oh. She she got she really? has all the big dick energy. Yeah, and but would it mess you up if if Ruby Rose was the bad guy? I feel like yeah. I would be like prepared for that. She's like no, cuz she just has like the, she's like the the kind of Johnny Depp like exterior, like she has like the bad boy like exterior, but you know she's like hard of gold. She like straight up was the bad guy in Orange is the New Black. Are we are we saying um are we saying Ruby Rose in the Meg, Ooh. or the like Meg just in general is Ruby Rose? A masterpiece, a cinematic <laughs> masterpiece, and the hair shapes in that movie, a plus. Okay, and also Adam Driver too. Oh, oh, uh, sure. Again, though, I feel like that turn to bad guyism is like, yeah, fair enough. Well, no, because okay. that was just like a role, but he's always been like very outspoken about. Um, Are you talking about these as the, the real human cells? Yeah, they're real human cells. 
I was imagining oh. this as if they were playing a character oh, and the I'm character sorry. turned out to be the bad oh, guy. Oh, that's an, okay. No, no, you're okay. It's just a, it, I, it's a way of interpreting it that it's I never It's just like ever of. since Adam Driver did that thing on SNL where he was like, yeah, they want me to do this skit that's like transphobic, so I'm just going to like make this go on for as long as I can so they run out of time. So, wow. how, hi guys, what's up? <laughs> how can I waste your time today? <laughs> oh yeah, he's a, he's a lovely man, so far as I can tell. What are, you, what are you thinking, Mary Kay? So, Winston Duke, I did have on my list. Um, because I, it's really hard for me to pick... Like, he is sexy, but it's hard for me to picture him as a bad guy. That's yeah. where we're at, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I have two more. Okay. Chris Pratt. That's, I, I just <laughs> thought of that. That I was like, I bad guy Chris Pratt. Is that a thing? Yeah. And uh, John Krasinski. Really? Oh. I mean, we've already seen him as Golden Face, so... I <laughs> know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was pretty evil. He I was wanted to say The evil. Rock, but I think he would, would not shock anyone, because he's been a villain before, yeah. Yeah, he'd be a dope bad guy. The thing about Chris Pratt, that's like if your beloved dog, like, during... I think this actually mm-hmm. happened in that movie with Will Smith, the zombie movie. Like, yeah. your, your dog, that your beloved dog, get like becomes a zombie and then tries to kill you oh yeah yeah you would just have to put chris pratt down just have to <laughs> snap his neck but you also flap. need to in this scenario want to have sex with your dog so that doesn't <laughs> <laughs> line up. Oh, oh boy oh i hate this guy i suddenly hate this conversation okay go ahead take it back take it away <laughs> me yeah. um oh yeah well, a bunch of mine have been mentioned, which is all well and good. Um, let's see who else I think is hot. <laughs> see, here's the thing. I have, a, I have a little bit of a dilemma in that I think a lot of the people that I find especially sexy, other people are like, yeah, but... Yeah, little. same. That's why it took me so long. That's why I needed mm-hmm. y'all to go first. Like... My first thought was like, oh, Daniel Day-Lewis, sexiest one. Uh, and I was like, oh, he's just the bad guy. Yeah, like, he's the villain. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, Javier Bardem. Oh, same thing. Like, I definitely uh-oh. have a type. Yeah. Oh, you right. like a villainous type. I like that. I do. I'm really yeah. trying to grow out of it. Yeah, like, you can't be like Tom Hardy. Yeah, Tom Hardy has straight up been the bad guy. Like, I know. That's he, he has the most big dick energy. That's I know. Charity. In That's every role. True. Even as, like, senile Al Capone. I was like, you know, he can still get it, though. Like, What is it? I don't know what, like... I don't know what it is. I remember, I, I remember seeing him, and it was, before, it was like when I was still dating women, and I remember seeing him in Inception and being like, something has changed within me. I was like, <laughs> what is going on? This feeling I love that. Insane. I love yeah. that, like, the, like, you're, like... Oh shit! I'm gay. Moment also involved internally singing "Wicked." Oh yeah, yeah. As if, I, yeah, as if that wasn't like already evidence enough. Yeah, but Tom Hardy, I totally agree. And the thing that Tom Hardy has is he's like the villain who you feel like you could change. You know, oh. that's like that's uh, how they get you. You can't. Yeah. You can't. You can't. You cannot. You can't. They don't want to change. They want to trick you with their good manners into committing, and then they're going to be like, "Well, I told you I was shitty. I don't know what you." Want. <laughs> so I have this I have this like Pinterest page that's just like dudes I think are hot um, and I'm going through it and it's like this is not helpful it's like Jason Momoa John Hamm Tom Hardy Idris Elba Joe Manganiello Jimmy Smits wow. The Rock this is a good I, list it's like exclusively 
like Clark Gable, the Yul Brynner, like exclusively point. people who have actually been bad guys. Mahershala Ali, mm-hmm. like these are all people who have straight up already played <laughs> bad guys. Well, admirably. Um, so I'm. It's a little okay. Like, we smoked up all the good ones. So well, here's one that I think. Liam Neeson. Like, come on, they're all. <laughs> oh, oh, the big one, um, Donald Sutherland. That's oh, fucking wow. Snow himself. Okay, yeah, yeah. Come on. Who? <laughs> Talk about can get it. I mean. So okay, there's a only one on here that I'm like, I think that could work, and it's Oscar Isaac. Yes. Oh my god. Good pick. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Have you seen Tom Hardy reading bedtime stories? I can't. Mm -hmm. My ovaries would explode. I can't. (laughs) Ovaries would explode. When I finally, when I finally, (laughs) when I finally watched Peaky Blinders, I texted Mary Kay in a rage. Like you did not tell me that Tom Hardy was not only in this, but plays a Jewish man. I was not. Bitch. Yes, I did. That was the whole selling point. I mean, it's good, but no such. I totally did because I was just as shocked when I saw him in it. I was like, you guys buried the fucking lead. If you had led with (laughs) this, I would have gone to that first season. No problem. (laughs) Just knowing he was there later. I've been looking for a reason to convert for so long. And then, oh, So okay. last time we uh, we were kind of talking about how I finally got on to TikTok, and I don't know if any of you have done that also yet. But not, like everything on TikTok right now, if it's not uplifting black voices and the protests, the only thing I'm seeing is this new movie. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Um, it's called Three Hundred and Sixty Five Days. Is it the document? No, that's thirteen. No, it, it's like. Okay, it's like the Spanish um, uh, 15 Shades of... 13... What is it? 15 Shades of Grey? 13 Shades? 50 Shades? I think it's 12.71. 12.71. 13 milliliters of Grey. Oh, but it's just like this, like, really fucked up, very aggressive, like, very not okay, very unethical, like, BDSM that is just... It's super... Hot and like old school HBO would have been on late Whoa. night. <laughs> it's just one boob pushed into the camera lens. <laughs> so if you're looking to get, I mean, your is that what people want? I can do that. I'm just saying, one of them is much better than the other. You're like, in I the can... wrong business. Listen, it's on Netflix. I'm just saying. <sighs> um, y'all want to talk about this movie, Sam? Yeah, let's do that. Yes, I guess eventually. So, uh, what lies beneath? Uh, actually, we got I got a little ways into the movie. I can't remember what happened towards the beginning that I was like, I've seen this before. Oh, my God, I've seen this before. And then much later, as soon as Harrison Ford hit his head on the sink, I was like, I have seen this before. <laughs> but it was so long ago that I didn't have... It wasn't like anything was spoiled for me. I didn't remember right. anything. Um, so I had a great time watching it all the way through. And I think it's worth noting, as we go forward and discuss this, let us bear in mind and maybe hearken back to the fact that reviewers fucking hated this movie when it I came know. out. I know. Hated I didn't it. know that. Me neither. They were very angry that mm-hmm. a, um, they felt like it was like kind of cold or like clinical, like it, like it did the thriller thing blah, 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 by, by the book. I mean, it definitely is like the formula. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like it was definitely things yeah. happened when and how you expected them to happen. And that exactly. worked. 
And the second thing that reviewers super hated was the fact that the ghost was real. There actually was a supernatural element. Mm. And I was like... That's kind of cool, though. That just seems... That's just petty. Like, you just didn't get the outcome you wanted. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, I Yeah. I I mean... Is there stuff to criticize here? Sure. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's funny how it feels like this is a, this is like if Nancy Myers made a horror movie. You know? <laughs> well, yeah. Look at the kitchen. Right. The kitchen's beautiful. Everyone's in like luxurious Those sweaters. Sensible yes. shoes. Yes. Hair barrettes. F- flowing curtains. A lot of like Closet fun. Tub. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, the bathroom. I could write a whole essay about. I really. <laughs> I really good, uh, namely, and I have I have posted it several times. Namely, the fact that there is like a French Restoration makeup table, like two inches from the toilet. I'm like, go off. This also, like, what is that? There's this that so the whole room's white, and then there's that one black mirror that apparently can trap souls or some shit. Yes. Just like sitting on the little table at a height that no one could fucking use. Like you'd have to kneel on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. To use that mirror? Is it for the dog? Like, there's not a little stool or anything. <laughs> right. Oh my it's god, that's ghost. where Cooper gets ready every yeah, morning. Yeah, that's where he that's where Cooper like checks his eye eyelashes. Yeah, I He's think <laughs> I I think that another thing cuz I remember watching the trailer for it as a kid and and being like this movie is for me and I don't know who else it's for <laughs> because <laughs> because it is yeah, it's like glamorous glamorous women slash ghosts. And I, I just don't know. But but now we know the overlap, and there is a huge audience for it. Uh, but yeah. 2000 wasn't ready. 2000 was Yeah. I, looking at the reviews, I'm like, man, I think this has aged a lot better than any of them. Right. Thought it would. I don't know if we're just more receptive to, like, ghosts. Mm. But I also feel, like I said, I feel like that's kind of a cheap shot. Like, well... Sometimes ghosts are real in ghost stories. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I think I think they kind of got hung up on the fact that so much of it was Hitchcock homage, and Hitchcock didn't do supernatural. It was all right. psychological, right? So I think they just kind of got hung up on like, well, you can't use Hitchcock's camera styles and then mm. have the ghost be real. And like, well, fuck mm. you, <laughs> do what I want. Yeah. Um, so, so that brings us to the question. For us, for our time, is it scary? Mm-hmm. I thought that one scene was particularly gripping, even though I knew how it was going to turn out. Mm-hmm. Like uh, when the bathtub is filling up and yeah. she's paralyzed, mm-hmm. and she tries like three different ways to unplug the tub. Mm-hmm. Like I knew that she would. But right. I was you can also like, much, bitch, hurry up. <laughs> you can see how much time is left in the movie. Like, right. you know, <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I I think I mentioned a little bit later in the outline that I felt like the the setups for suspense were perfect. Like, they were they're very classic. Like, yeah. You, you a lot of red this herrings, though. Didn't love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You've seen this before. You'll see it again. They just worked. Yeah. Alan Silvestri comes through with the psycho-style strings, and the shots themselves are really compelling. Michelle Pfeiffer is knocking this out of the park. I yeah. mean, I, I, she really... It's a shame that there hasn't been more of a Michelle Pfeiffer renaissance of horror, because she's such a good protagonist. She's a good actress. She's just a very good actress. 
Mm. Um, also, and she has a lovely singing voice. She does. What a surprise. Marvelous Baker Boys. Um, but the uh, the big thing that jumped oh, out to me. I was thinking of Prince of Egypt. Oh, is, does she sing in Prince of Egypt? Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. I did not know that. What? Well, I That's guess we voice? know what we're doing tonight. Wow. <laughs> right. She's Moses' wife. Right? Yeah, she is a poor. She is his wife. Wow. I actually really loved her character as well because I feel like in 2000, it's sort of like the lady at the end says, like, she, I'm that nosy lady that I hated mm. when I was mm. younger. And and I, I also, there are so many women characters in this movie that I was like, yeah, and they're all holding it down for each other. Like, when Michelle Pfeiffer thinks that her neighbor's husband that she's never met is beating her, she's like, I'm not going to do nothing. Like, you can... Right. Okay, Harvey says he's a great guy. Cool. Good for Harvey fucking is, Harvey. Who is he? <laughs> Harvey is James Remar, who, again, plays exclusively villains. That's true. <laughs> In what world is he a professor? You know, I was like, wow. Imagine if your professor was James Remar. Anyway, sorry. I would enjoy it tremendously. <laughs> you could, we all have eyes. Look at him. Come on. I'm here for it. But... I really did love her in that role. And I think that's scary, too, because uh, it's it's not only that you have to recognize that something is wrong. You have to recognize that you might be the only person to do something about it. And nobody else wants to hear that shit. So you're going to have to be you're going to have to nag people about it. Mm-hmm. And she does. And I just, I wasn't expecting mm-hmm. that, especially for like that final girl trope that she could so easily fall into. But she was just over and over like, now, even like when she talked to the psychologist, right? Oh, yeah. He's like, so how's your marriage? And she's like, great. I mean, awful. <laughs> like, she's like, she's like, no, it's fine. I mean, oh, right. I'm supposed to tell you the truth. Um, so sometimes <laughs> did I feel you like Kelly Kapoor her. Great. I mean, <laughs> terrible. Sometimes I, mean- I feel totally expendable. <laughs> and he's like, oh, that can't feel good. And she's but like, mostly awesome? No. Yeah. Oh, I mean, awful. <laughs> um, yeah. I liked her a lot. And I think that that's a scary position, too, of like knowing that all of the responsibility is on you, even though it's not really a responsibility. Mm-hmm. And, and then suddenly realizing that the person that you've been confiding in the whole time when you rip the mask off his face is the monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like in Scooby-Doo. Like as in, in this movies, is just so as in- Nancy Myers directing <laughs> Scooby-Doo. Totally oh, is. I want to see that movie. You know, that's going to be Velma <laughs> centric, which I always support. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Anything that gets Fred out of the fucking way. There are so many jump scares in this movie too. I think so that's, many. that's the, that to me is like the scary element. Cause in 2000, it was kind of new to imagine that there could be a movie that's not a slasher movie with, full of jump scares. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one is doling them out every like seven minutes, pretty dependably. Yeah, there's a lot. This I like jumped or like, like I was gonna say ejaculated. Like ah! I mean, ah! I did like yelled. Yes, or made some noise or whatever more times in this movie than I think anything else we've watched. Which is which made me feel so silly because every time I was like, oh, I see it coming, I see it coming, I see it coming, <laughs> I, see it coming. I see it coming, and I still jumped when it happened. <laughs> You know, um, which again, I think is a testament to the fact that like there are, we know there are things that work and we know that because the folks who blaze the trails ahead of us, like really refined them. And now we get to use them like Hitchcock 
really like nails down these beautiful angles, like in mirrors mm-hmm. through doorways. Um, these long shots, these long follow shots, mm-hmm. where you're you're locked on this character, but you know that if your viewpoint is shifting, it's because you're mm-hmm. about to see something like you know, like when so that computer stuff- pops on. <gasps> yeah, like this all stuff you've seen before. It's just a question of did you did you use the right mechanics in your visual mm-hmm. storytelling for it to land? And I feel like shit lands. Something that the, that the reviewers complained about was like lack of character development, and I was like, "There's really only one character here who should develop, and she right. does." Yeah, right. There, I have a theory. I think critics were mad that Harrison Ford was the bad guy, <laughs> and I think they were too. They it was so hard for them to suspend their disbelief and believe that he could be an evil character mm-hmm. that their interpretation of that was to say, "Oh, he's underdeveloped." It's like no. Yeah. You just don't like the way he turned out to be an asshole. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I what like, was your I, first hint that he was an asshole? That's a really good question. Oh, it was super, super early. I would say with the, her repressed memory of the affair. No, for me, it was in like the first five or ten minutes. Oh, I think it was even just the like obnoxious, like trying to get laid the, the day your daughter is going off to college thing. Yes. I was like... That's not that's not what this morning's about, my dude. Yeah, something's up. Like, also, she is already dressed to leave the house. <laughs> wow! You just missed. If you did want to like offer up some physical comfort, you missed the window. You should have done that good. before she got in the shower. Yeah, that's a really good. That's a really good clue as to someone someone's priorities aren't right. When like yeah, they right. when they go to their partner who's fully dressed and they're like, "I'm in the mood." It's like, no, 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 no. You need to consider someone else's uh, wants right now. Yeah. So. Wait. So is the first hint that he was an asshole also the first hint to y'all that he was the killer? Because I have a distinct moment when I was like, oh, fucking he did it. When? When was that? When he did his hand like in this U shape, like the throat grabbing shape. Oh. (gasps) Yeah. Wow. Oh, Mary Kay. I know. Oh, I, as soon as we saw who the ghost was, I was like, yeah. you cheating motherfucker. I knew he cheated at that point, but I yeah. wasn't sure that it was, mm-hmm. that he was the killer. Like, I assumed that she died because of something that happened between them. I. But I wasn't sure that it was. To him. be fair, I can't, like I said, I, I very early was like, no, not this guy. And mm-hmm. by the time we could see who the ghost was and knew it wasn't, we knew it wasn't Mary Fuhrer. I was like. Yeah. Man, this fucking asshole. But that, like I said, I have seen this before, so that may have just been buried away from me somewhere that I already knew he was it's, a bad guy. It's kind of an... I mean, I know, like, the term gaslighting is from yeah, a little no, it, movie, but, like, it's kind of... um in, in terms of our, like, modern understanding of gaslighting, it it was the first time I remember seeing that on film, I think. Mm-hmm. Where it's, like, a partner being like, you're acting crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah, oh, I think the moment for me... And it's hard to think back. I truly, sidebar, I watch this movie almost every Thanksgiving. It's a really weird tradition. I can't go really into it. <laughs> um, but um, I think when I was a kid, a moment that I clocked as being like, well, that's this is suspicious, is when he makes fun of Claire out to dinner with their friends. Yeah, that pissed me yeah. off. And then he's like, I know who it is. It's my dad. I was like, this is a weird this is a weird move to make. This isn't just fun and passive. Well, he's he's it, doing something. It like drew her in 
at a level of vulnerability that wasn't mm-hmm. okay, right? Yes. Like, it involved her admitting that she was actually hearing or seeing this shit. Exactly. And then he, how, could, yeah. he could pull out the punchline. But it does not go the way that he planned it to go. No. Because her friend is like, oh, really? Tell me more. She's, She's like, like, I'm well, so I'm I hear this voice. This. Yeah, let's go. Let's sniff him out. Speaking of her <laughs> pull friends, <laughs> Jody is... Jody's a real one. Well, you know, you know, she played the daughter in Mommy Dearest. (gasps) You know, she played Christine. No, I didn't. I did not know that. Isn't that wild? Yes. Wow. That's wild. What a what a filmography for her. I was just saying, I love that we're just talking about like mental health and gaslighting, and then I just used like an ableist. I was like, that's nuts, and immediately it was like, God damn it. (laughs) I've been working on this. Yeah, been working on the it's just so ingrained stuff. in the language that it's going to take some doing to unlearn it, um, which is unfortunate and a constant battle, etc. And also, it is how about bananas? Can we say is bananas? That's one that I've been substituting, and I'm not sure about. I think the- I think that's. I don't know. It, I'm I'm in the process of like unlearning a lot of those things too. The one I was using was bonkers, but then I was like, but who knows? Eh. So the one that I am okay that I feel like I'm okay with, and no one's ever brought is just saying wild. Like yes, that's wild. Wild is big. Yeah. Or that's unbelievable. Or that's outrageous. But wild is one I use a lot because. <laughs> so I do want to go on record though and say that I never thought Claire was crazy. Mm-mm. Good. Like yeah. even even when she was like, even when she went up in that dude's face and was like, "I know you killed your fucking <laughs> wife, you motherfucking killer." I, I was like, "Yeah, bitch, do it." He needs to be called <laughs> out. And I would, I just want to say, I wish that more people had that kind of conviction in what they mm-hmm. saw and what they believed. Like because if you. If you can let, she didn't let him dissuade her at all. No. And when he was like, you're hearing voices. What are you mad at me or something? And she's that like, this line, isn't about you, motherfucker. There's something happening whether you like it or not. When she so was like, do not tell me how to react. Yes. Like, I felt something like enter my body. <laughs> yes. so I, I was so think proud about of this. her. I didn't really think about this until the second time I watched it uh, this week, but Early in the movie, she tells him he's overreacting to something. And she laughs about it. Like, oh, you're so sensitive about this. Because he's trying to unseat his daddy. Right. (gasps) And I was like, it's such a different, like, the dynamic there is so... Mm -hmm. Because in one of these, like, the thing is real. She's not saying that his feelings aren't, like, the thing he's reacting to never existed. Right. She's She's not calling his entire sanity into question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's just saying that you might be reading into the way that person intended that set of words mm-hmm. um, in a way that's going to like get like bite you in the ass. But ultimately this is mostly harmless and I'm laughing about it <laughs> as opposed to like, you're making all of this up, but the, mm-hmm. the line that but really to get like, back at me, the yes. line that that sent me through the actual roof was, are you angry at me? You know what I've got at stake. I was just wanted yeah. to be like, I will set 
your lab on fire. <laughs> I'm gonna throw this science bottle on the ground and hope it explodes. This science bottle. That's you know, me. The science bottle. The beakers or yeah. whatever. The little Erlenmeyer flaps. Wow. Okay. From like Dexter's lab. Seventh grade science class came through the fact that we remembered the term Erlenmeyer. Wow. <laughs> he called it a science bottle. <laughs> I like I, that better. I do. That's that's an off brand. That's an off brand Erlenmeyer. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's the generic version on the bottom <laughs> shelf. Like, it's all dusty because I yeah. forgot it was back there. <laughs> it's like at a, at Food Lion, like the generic sodas where they have like Mountain Lion. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> Doctor Thunder. Flavor purple. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he's a son of a bitch. <laughs> he really is. He really, <laughs> he really is. is. Um, so a couple other things that we have, I mean, haunting is scary, right? Like, obviously mm-hmm. yeah. we've talked about this before, but like there, there being an entity in your house, you can't control it. You can't properly communicate with it. Mm-hmm. It has abilities that you don't have to navigate your space in a way that you can't like, it's scary. Duh. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, does that require any elaboration there? Like haunting Mm-mm. is scary. Nope. Um, is a dead person in your house. Yeah. Yeah. Learning your partner's secrets. Scary. Terrible. The worst mm-hmm. thing. Because even if the only thing she learned was, I had an affair. That's or, big like, enough. Damn. Ruins, ruins. So, like, it, it's such an, like, life upending kind of. Yeah. Piece I, of information. And are we, are we thinking that she, it, this was such a traumatic thing that her memory of it is completely blocked out? Because this was a year ago or two? Mm-hmm. How? Mm-hmm. A year um, ago. And so. So that's the oh, and maybe is an element of that why she's going to a therapist? Like, is that is? I mean, you don't have. To I was to, thinking it was like a concussion related kind of. I thought it might be kind of a confluence of the two. Yeah, but like between yeah. the uh-huh. fact that it was traumatic and her I, brain was trying to blot, like was down to blot it, and the yes. fact that she'd had a she had a horrible accident and she did not. It didn't seem like she remembered the moments leading up to the right right accident. Like she knew there had been one, but like when that woman was asking her, like you got so upset last year, like she couldn't even remember. Yes, yeah, yeah. I yeah. loved that she nosy she lady too. Me yes. too. Yeah. She's who I, I liked play. her though. I thought yeah. that that, yeah. that as Ann Dowd as Ann Dowd <laughs> as Ann Dowd. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I gotta tell you, Andrew, I started writing this this new project. And it's not it's not for film or theater or anything, but there's this one character that's like still many chapters away, and I was like, I think this would I think this if this were ever like a movie or a play, Andrew would have to play this character. Listen, I am one of the most highly available actors working today, so please, <laughs> please a, feel free. This, like, I would love it. It's this like Wonderful. like genderless like healing witch. <laughs> who awesome! Is, I love like, that. Especially like. Funny and practical. That sounds great. That sounds very like, much up my alley. Healer woman, I need a spell for this. And the healer's like, but no, that's that's a terrible fucking plan. We're not doing that. <laughs> I also, you know, whenever I hear healer, which I imagine the costume would be very comfortable, which I'm also very much in support. <laughs> yeah. So flowing burlap. Yep. Yep. You flo- know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no burlap. Uh, maybe maybe a, a, a smoother liner, but certainly on the exterior mm-hmm. burlap burlap's the vibe. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, can uh, we just talk about that one moment in where she confesses to her? Okay, this is very weird. I'm sorry that I didn't write this down in the. Um, no, no, oh, go ahead. No, when please. she's talking to her therapist and mm-hmm. she's having a hard time talking, and then he gives her a, a fireball mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. suck on, which is mm-hmm. to me 
what a what a what an inventive and surreal tactic for a therapist to yeah. get you to talk about something is to suck on a fireball when you do it. They never explain it, which I kind of love. Mm-hmm. And then her line is, and I just can never get over this. She sucks on it. She goes, it's good. It's hot. Pause. There's a ghost in my house. <laughs> so immediate. It's so immediate. It is so immediate. And also, I don't know, something about that I'm very lured into, the that relationship with the therapist yes. and her sharing that, I'm very fascinated by. And that red hot moment, I want to know where that came from, or the fireball moment. So I had a thought about this. On the one hand, so having worked in like mental health and social services, oh, yeah. that is totally the kind of thing that we would do with, like with, with kids, you do like experiential and tactile stuff uh-huh. because they can... They can, the metaphor is so immediate for them. Like they don't need to like get to metaphor that they're already living there. Um, wow. So it works to kind of prompt some, some conversation that would be difficult for them to have or confront otherwise. Oh, that makes uh, so much sense, Mary. Wow. Yeah. So like it was not uncommon. So little stuff. So when we worked, uh, so when we were in Georgia and AmeriCorps, um, taking the kids, there was a kennel with a bunch of rescue dogs. A kid who had been like adamantly resistant to connecting with any of the staff to connecting with a therapist or a doctor would go up to a dog that had been abused and like brush them and feed them and say, I know other people were mean to you, but I'm not going to be, if you can trust me, which is exactly what the adults were trying to like get them to wow. understand. And it gave you kind of an opening to say like, well, if you're going to be nice to Ralphie, maybe I'm going to be nice to you. Is that possible? Um, oh, wow. Ralphie. Ralphie, Ralphie now lives with that's, our dear friend Joe. That's amazing. Lovely. Oh life. my, oh my gosh. Um, so it, that didn't surprise me that much. I, the first time I saw it, I was like, "What the fuck is he doing?" Oh, he's <laughs> trying to like basically discomfort her to the point of converting. Yeah. Oh wow. Secondly, it's he Persephone'd her. Yeah, I saw that in the note. Like, what is that? So mean? she goes to a straight up underworld, right? They're underground. Mm-hmm. He's uh-huh. in a basement office. Oh. He gives her the food, she takes of the food, and she crosses a threshold she can't come back from. Mm. Oh, cool. I didn't put that together either. That's awesome. Yeah, you that are so is brilliant. smart. Oh my gosh! This Mary is I mean, so smart and pretty. That that's the that, first time. That's the first time she verbalizes right. to to like somebody who could do something about it. Like her husband is just trying to shout her down. Her best friend is like ghost dope. Like this is the first time she's telling someone like she could be, he could, he could have her committed. He could put her on medications that she doesn't need to be taking. He could, you know, he could have her institutionalized long term, but she says it to him anyway. Mm -hmm. Wow. I, I think that that, uh, psychologist or therapist is pretty on the ball too like he takes her seriously like Mm -hmm. she tries to make light of stuff and he just keeps listening until she's like oh you want the real answer okay here it is Mm -hmm. um and then when she says there's a ghost in my house he's just he keeps listening and then at some point she's like what do i do and he's like well ask it what it wants you know like he's just very like problem solving like like if it is a ghost then that will that will help and if it's not yeah, the thought of a therapist giving that advice, I I loved, I loved, yeah, yeah. but was it's, surprised by. It's one of it's one of the better depictions, I think, of a of a therapy a therapeutic relationship that we see, especially in horror, yeah. where often a what should be a therapeutic relationship is the source of the scary. Right. 
like right. Hannibal um, Lectory type of mm-hmm. yeah. So um, it's one of the better ones. I did. I, I was a little. I kind of waffled. I was like, I kind of love that he told her like, oh, well, if it's just a ghost, then communicate it with it. Like, stop like staying up here about like, am I crazy? And go mm-hmm. into like, well, if this is what you believe it is, then this is what you do. Mm-hmm. And a part of me was like, oh man, she really is seeing stuff in here. Like, if there's no ghost. But like something that's that such I a thought... that's such a bleak way to find out. Yeah. <laughs> to be like, oh no, my brain is not okay. <laughs> right. While you're sitting on the floor in your in the bathroom with your friend, you know. Well, she almost has that realization, right? Like when the mm-hmm. seance doesn't work, mm-hmm. she's like, "Fuck, maybe I'm crazy." Mm-hmm. But then it does work. Like when her friend leaves, she's like, "You don't tell Norman about. Don't tell mm-hmm. him about that." And her friend's like, "I'm not going to say anything. I'm your girl." Anyway, yeah. She bought that car with that alimony. I I love it. (laughs) I know. That was fun. But also, like, as we're talking about, um, like, like the ghosts and everything that's happening. But when we were talking about, like, red herrings earlier, also, another thing, like, element of this movie I thought to be really scary was the mirroring. So, with everything happening with the the neighbors, Mary and... Warren, not only, not like not only are the names and like the way they look are similar, but whenever they were having some kind of emotion, it was mirrored onto like they were about to have sex, but then they hear the neighbors were having mm-hmm. very loud sex, and then she remembered that memory and started sobbing, and then experienced Mary freaking out, acting mm-hmm. crazy, sobbing crazy, and it just seemed to like line up. So the whole time. You guys were like, yeah, I knew it was him. Like, and I'm so gullible the whole time. I'm like, <laughs> this is like that movie. What's it called? Like the others, where like they're actually yeah, yeah. that movie's bomb. It is Sounds fucking awesome. bomb. And I'm like, this is that movie again. Like, it's just she's dead, isn't she? And she's like watching her life unfold all over again. Wow. It's like that el- element that the neighbors were um, experiencing something that she thought was very similar to hers, I felt was a bit disturbing. Yeah. That's a good point. I hadn't really thought about that mirror image. Yeah. These are such good insights. I've seen this movie a thousand times and none of these things have ever occurred to me and I'm in awe of all of you. Look at them. They kind (laughs) of fit a similar profile. They kind of look similar. And then you never, until she confronts them, you never actually see what they look like. Mm -hmm. And so when the woman on the other side of the fence, Mary was freaking out you only you see saw her, her teeth, hair, yeah, and hair. her teeth, and you're like, "That's her." Well, here's the thing: they must look similar enough, right? They actually highlight this, and we can get into this in a second. They highlight that they must look similar because for a long time she believes a that the ghost is Mary, and b that the ghost looks like her. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Except for with green eyes. Mm-hmm. So she believes that, like to her, there is enough of a resemblance there, which like fair, like. They both got the cheekbones. They both got beautiful eyes. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. Miranda Otto and Michelle Pfeiffer. You can't force me to pick. That's just <laughs> cruel. Yeah. What's that line? What's that line that um, uh, Miranda Otto's character Mary has, where she's like, "Have you ever loved someone so much that you thought you were going to die?" Like, yes. that's that's an interesting tease too in that moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just mentioned the uh, the planting. So that's something here that is done in a somewhat clunky way. 
And at the same time, I was kind of like, this is such a, like, trope of the genre. But, Mm -hmm. like, yes, but this bridge will wash out if the water levels reach. You know, like, (laughs) don't worry. No one's ever been to that floor. It's boarded up. You know, whatever. (laughs) um, The phone won't work until halfway across the bridge. Right? Um, That kind of stuff. I was like, I didn't. I, didn't, I wasn't angry at that. The critics at the time were. But I wasn't angry about that. Also, can we discuss that this movie was written by Agent Coulson? I know. Isn't Wait, that... what? The guy who plays Agent Coulson wrote this movie. Isn't that in, wild? In what? Uh, Marvel movies. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's yeah. I don't know. I know. I, um, going back to that line, though, where she's like, you know, you just feel like you're going to die if they don't come back or whatever... Um, I loved how, so that's your battered woman, right? She's mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I mean, I mean that there is some domestic dispute happening at that house. Oh yeah. yeah that's Something not a healthy relationship, sure. right? No. Right. Um, and I think number one, it is really hard for women to talk about that. So when she comes back over, and she's trying to like rationalize it and be like, I know you heard this thing, but it really wasn't that bad. Michelle Pfeiffer's like, well, it sounded bad. Yeah. She's just immediately like, something's happening. And then mm-hmm. she says that line about, um, you know, I just felt like he was going to, I was going to die if he didn't come back. Haven't you ever felt like that? And uh, I love her, that her response is, uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't say, yeah, I get it. She's like, um, no, but I want you to divulge more of this so that I can help you. Right. <laughs> so I just know. Like please that. continue disclosing to me. Well, yeah, because she's like, oh, well, I mean, I heard some shit going on and I feel like if I say, no, I don't get it. You're going to be like, oh, well, then just yeah, me neither. It's not. Don't worry about it. Right. But if she's like, uh, she doesn't want to say like, oh, yeah, I feel like that, too, because she doesn't. I don't think, because as soon as she's like, you had an affair and you killed her, boy, no. Bye, no. I think that's a really hard thing to do, and I really, especially, I mean, damn, she's been married to him for 15 years or some shit. I also did not like the red herring about when she's looking through that scrapbook, and you are led to believe that she killed her husband or something. Yeah. Oh, I didn't get that in... Impression. I just oh, got I the impression that maybe, like, oh, if there's going to be a ghost, maybe it's him. Oh, that's good, that too. That never came back, and none of the scrapbook mattered. and Because then they eventually told me she played the cello, and I didn't need to see it. It was, I mean, don't get me wrong, the actual, like, the execution of that moment is solid. Like, the reveal of the, the Juilliard tank top. Right. Mm-hmm. Being right. hers. Oh, lovely. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, oh, snap. Yeah. Oh, she sacrificed. You know, like, Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the execution is good. It's just one of those things that later a lot of there are a lot, there's a lot of the first hour, like the relationship with the Führers next door, the the scrapbook. That when I look back at it later, I'm like, did I need that? No. Yeah, it but almost I, feels I like feel an like episode. Like it feels like yeah. an episode of a series rather than mm-hmm. like a part of the movie. Yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were several points at which I paused or like checked the time to be like, wait, because I'm kind of trying to track like what? I, okay, like. Based on story structure, based on, like, what, what what I might expect to be happening at the midpoint, what might be happening later. Like, I'm trying to kind of keep tabs, and I was like, what the f- Is the point of this story not finding out who the ghost is? Oh, no, that's just the midpoint. Okay. <laughs> is the point of the story figuring out who killed her? 
oh, kind of, but not even. We're going to spend like two or three sequences chilling after that. Like, um, so it's kind of, it's broken down. Like once you've got the whole thing, you're like, okay, yeah, no, this still fits like, you know, like eight sequence structure. Like it still matches like a, like a W arc, Mm -hmm. but yeah, the first half is a little bit. Yeah. Where where are our priorities here? (laughs) Right. Um, so here's a, a plot point that I didn't truly understand. Because mm-hmm. we haven't really talked about Maddie a whole lot. We know that she is basically everything. Like, she gets all A's, but she parties a ton. She sleeps with one of her professors. She goes crazy. And I'm using that in scare quotes because that's kind of what the movie is saying. Like, And then she threatens to kill herself if he doesn't leave his wife, allegedly, right. no, is that wrong? So where he actually, so where he actually lands on this is she was going to go to the dean. Yes, mm-hmm. she should have gone mm-hmm. to the dean without telling him she was going to because if she's telling him she's going to do it, she's not really going to do it. She's you know trying to get something out of you. Um, mm-hmm. Did not love that trope of this girl who is everything putting it all on the line for this professor who feels like he's constantly having to prove himself because Mm -hmm. his daddy was a big deal. Mm -hmm. So first of all, if, if we've, if none of us have ever fallen for the guy who's trying to prove he's a big deal, because his daddy was, then we get to throw stones. And no, I'm just saying, I just see it in in, the trope. Yeah. Also, yeah, yeah. no, absolutely not. I am on the receiving professorial end of that dynamic. <laughs> so, thank you. So, um, well, I didn't mean a professor specifically, just that, like... I did. That is a... That is a <laughs> I feel like that is a that is a kind of a dude... What, you're not attracted like, to power? What? <laughs> I don't have those kind of professors. Girl, I did not have those kind of professors. Andrew can tell you that is not what our... No, I, it, it's it's so funny. I have never throughout all of college. I don't think there was a single professor I was attracted to. And then when I taught for seven years, it was so unthinkable to me to be attracted to a student. It's not even it's not even like a you know uh, like I mean I obviously feel that that is c- completely uh, inappropriate. But at the same time, it I was is, like yeah. repulsed by my students. So I was like not <laughs> not in a not in a you know human to human way, but like the concept of of spending any more time with them than what we're doing in the classroom was like, I can't, you all smell like Bio and Doritos. <laughs> like I can't deal with this. Um, Can we have more humans out there? Like you please. <laughs> I petitioned I, for that. I think there's something helpful, at least, at least at the studio that uh, Mary and I went to, I, everyone just looked their worst all the time. Absolutely. <laughs> everyone looked truly horrible. horrible. <laughs> Students and teachers, everyone looked bad. So like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, is there anything else that, um, if you, y'all want to have a quick look. Why did we need to see her put a rose on that grave? A. B. Would you have put a rose on the grave of the student that your husband cheated on you with? I mean, if that was the ghost that, like, saved you from yeah. said person, maybe. Cause yeah, I, she drowned his ass. Right. Yeah. Maybe. I, I also wonder if there's some, like, I um, 
uh, Claire seeing some of herself in Maddie, both as someone who mm. fell head over heels for a professor. I mean, not her professor, but like, yeah, you know, for the, for that, this right that she got caught up in it, figure. and that both Claire and Maddie had so much potential, and like got caught in this toxic situation where mm. that Ugh, so true fell away. Um, Good point. I think maybe that that could be an element. And I think there mm-hmm. might also be like a sort of like once you realize the truth, there's like a kind of like camaraderie in the we both were like sort of victims at mm-hmm. the hands of this person. Yeah. And you helped me to absolve that. So like And I think there's some sense too of um of responsibility there that like the person who owes you this rose mm-hmm. was never gonna give it give it to you, was never gonna do it. The person who should have cared what is the person who did this to you and since like the people who like no one's ever gonna know that he did it no one's ever gonna know it was his fault yeah so Mm -hmm. i'm like it's kind of like coming on okay so y'all answered my b my b part of the question which is would you do it but do we need it in the movie that's Mm. a good question i think it can affect the way well as we're all saying now like having this tag Gave us all this impression that, oh, she felt a kinship with Maddie. She felt some responsibility to Maddie. She felt um, she felt that she could care for her or, like, honor her memory in a way that no one else could. If that didn't exist, I think her relationship to Maddie would be much more ambiguous. Because Maddie did also, like, not actually try to hurt her, but, like, did terrorize her a bit. But, yeah, but she did, though, because remember when, after the seance, she sees the bathtub full, and mm-hmm. she goes, what do you want? And then in the steam on the window, it says, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's like, I don't fucking know. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, the thing is, like, so she she did. She didn't. But Maddie didn't know that she didn't know. She and Maddie saw each other at that party. Right. As far as Maddie's concerned, she knows. Maddie doesn't know. Like, the spirit of Maddie doesn't know that... um, It was, like, repressed. That Claire... Yeah, that Claire can't remember that event. That's a really good point. Yeah. I I didn't think about that until the second time I watched it, because I was like, damn, that's harsh. Like, no, she does... Oh. All right. All right. I'll allow it. There also could be just, like, a closure of that element of Claire's personality where she is... She needs to, like, make good... Like, mm-hmm. as she did with the neighbor, as she, like, everything has to be, everything has to be like, and that's that, you know? Tie the bow on it. Her poor daughter, though. Imagine getting that phone call. Right. <laughs> oh, oh, and the most fucked up part about this movie was when he was talking to her, like, as he was about to drown her. And he's like, yeah, this is probably going to bring me and our daughter closer <gasps> together. I know. Like, I, did anyone bitch. else get incest vibes there? Yes. A little bit, yeah. Okay. Right. So it's not just me like having a sick mind or something. I was no. like, this I mean, really seems like maybe you're going to push this in the direction of like, I will take her on the way I took you on. Ugh. And and uh, Maddie. Yeah. Yeah. No boundaries, Harrison Ford. What is wrong with you? Monstrous. <laughs> Is that why you said you were surprised I picked this movie? Because Harrison Ford is the bad guy? No, I was surprised that you picked it because you were so against perfume, which is the story of a straight white man destroying everyone in his path to greatness, which is basically what... But, so, 
I figured out after I wrote that it's not really his story, and that's probably what made it okay for you. Yeah. Yeah, Perfume Perfume had a bunch of structural problems, too. Mm. And I, yeah. part of that is, like, the book was so enjoyable because when the book says, the scent of lilacs, whatever your scent of lilacs is, is happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The movie is like, I'm going to show you the scent of lilacs, which is Right, it was a weird adaptation. <laughs> yeah, what a strange That doesn't work. Noise. And the most offensive thing to me about Perfume was the waste of Alan Rickman. <gasps> oh, my God. Wow, you're right. He's in it. Exactly. If he's in it and you can forget... They done fucked up. You're yeah. right. Wow. Yeah. Um, Good point. Did yeah. You? Yeah. It's also interesting. I don't know. In 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 thinking about what lies beneath and when it was coming out, too, it's interesting to see a villain be someone who is not projected as the villain from the get-go and mm-hmm. someone who's, like, an intellectual and who mm-hmm. lives in a more liberal state and, who you know, like... Um, all of those things, the, the fact that someone could be a predator who looks like uh, our definition of what like an upstanding citizen looks like, I think is like mm-hmm. interesting for that time. Yeah, and that he's for sure. He's so he's handsome, a Harrison Ford. Oh my gosh, like, he's jacked to be in yeah. his. 50s. I know. Also, I was like, what have you exactly. been lifting or his throwing ladies. around? He's more <laughs> It's God. it's so surprising too because he's like in better shape in this than he is in Six Days Seven Nights, which is like his action movie in the late nineties. Yeah, he looks he's like here. typing on his crappy laptop, and I was like, put that laptop away. Yeah, what? <laughs> get that out of here. Away. How did this happen? Yeah, fuck your career. <laughs> Also, just the fact that I I just love that part so much with like the little bit of puppeteering we see of the fake mouse who's getting injected with the serum. Uh Um, And it's just like that whole section is so funny to me where it's like, this will come up later. And that's very clear. (laughs) So that's another moment of the really obvious planting that I was like, I I mean, the critics aren't wrong, but it's obvious. I'm just kind of enjoying it. Right. It's yeah. fine. Like, it's fine. It's the now style. I know what to be scared of. It's going <laughs> to scare so me. There's so many of those like, false plants, though, too, that I was yeah. like, why are we doing this and the other thing? Like, that just seems like a really wide swinging chemistry yeah, lab. That's very fair. But, yeah. But also, it's a movie, and sometimes, you know, you got to just go with it. Oh, I have, yeah. a, I have a question. Yes. So when she goes to visit Maddie's mom, <laughs> Maddie's mom oh. is, okay, she very fairly asks the question, like, what are you doing here? Yeah. And then Michelle Pfeiffer says, I don't know. And then the mom is like, do you want to see her room? I mean, <laughs> she's, just, she's just so lonely, right? I know. She's so I know. Sad. That's what's so heartbreaking in that moment to me, because yeah. I'm like. If imagine how chilling that would be to have, yeah. have invited someone in your home who you realize like how do, how do they know my child and then also why why are they here like what do they want mm-hmm. um yeah that section oh we t- she takes her hair that yeah. feels that feels invasive mm-hmm. I didn't like that that is very invasive yeah it is um it ends up saving them but it is you're right yeah. and it, it definitely reminded me of when Clarice goes into the girls who uh, mm-hmm. Catherine I'm not Catherine the woman before yes uh, who got killed by Buffalo Bill um, it definitely reminded me of that where she's like going in there kind of like getting a sense of who she was because mm-hmm. we don't we don't we don't get that either she's so Maddie is the one character that I was the most frustrated with as far as character development went. Because mm-hmm. I was like... Because the only time we get to get really to. see her in action is actually in Michelle Pfeiffer's body. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
That I was weird too. I, I was very quickly like, oh, oh yeah. no. The that's, apple. That's some weird shit. That's not player. <laughs> yeah. Do we think that there might be a draft in which Maddie's part was more significant? Like, I keep there's something about it where it's like, I don't know much about the actress who plays Maddie, but like, there's a version of it in which she gets a little bit more opportunity to shine. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe not. I loved her as the ghost dragging him down to the depths of the watery yes. hell. Scary. Hell yeah. Scary rock. That was really cool. When she goes out to the lake and then you can like kind of see her. Did you yeah. did anyone mm. else think about that like uh piece of Lord artwork and art history of Ophelia? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. No, really I never good. took art history. I did think about um the swamp in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh that's good too better. that scene scared me a lot when the things are coming Ugh, that's scary yeah so um <laughs> the ending we started talking a little bit about the ending right mm-hmm. like the drag dragged down into the water and um so that ending is long yes it's a yes. like from the moment yeah. that you have had the final turn of the reveal yep um until the movie ends, you got like a half an hour of movie. It's, <laughs> like, it's, it's a wild. Lot happening. And yet, um, I felt very like, <laughs> not so much because I even thought she was actually going to die or he was going to win. Just like, how are you, how are we getting out of this? Yeah. Like what's happening <laughs> next? Um, and it, so I wrote in the outline, cursed clowning. So like the, the premise of clowning, right? Mm-hmm. Is that you're faced with a simple dilemma. And you choose the absolute most difficult way to get out of it. Yes. Hmm. And in this like inverted style of clowning, it's like you're faced with a dilemma. You choose the absolute smartest way to get out of it. And it still can't work every time. Like you, you still have to keep trying. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found it a lot of fun. I felt like it was really suspenseful. I felt like I was like in right. it and excited to see like the shot of her running in the rear view mirror of the yeah. car or like the side mirror of the car yeah. is gorgeous and really compelling like i knew he had to be there somehow but when he sat up out of the back seat i still like <gasps> i know yeah, said absolutely not like you know it's i think it's such a it's kind of a i i think it's so weird that critics at the time didn't feel anything through all right. of that that they were like oh by this time of the movie i just checked out because there were ghosts that they at least didn't consider it fun, which I think like you're, I think, I think that term I'm going to use that Mary with your permission. Cursed clowning is so good because <laughs> it's like in less capable hands, something like that would be like a Mr. Bean sketch. But the yeah. fact that all these things are going wrong and that like the artfulness of how it's shot and how it's performed and scored makes it like tense and scary rather than like, Oh my God, yeah. you know? Yeah, and it's stuff we've seen before. The guy in the back seat. The shot yeah. where she's got to take something from next to his hand, and we know the hand's going to be like all that kind of yes. stuff. Like, y- you know what's happening there. You know when you look back, he's going to be gone. Right. But it's still exciting when it happens. And Michelle Pfeiffer didn't have to be butt-ass naked for all of this to go down. That She didn't oh, even yeah, have to be stripped point. down. Wow. She was just like right. dressed like a human woman would be in her house. That is a really good point. I never even thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. There was, a, I mean, it's interesting. When you think of that, when you think of that time period, I mean, I know there are obvious glaring exceptions, but there's a lot of like, um, female horror protagonists 
in uh, in this period of time that is like not at all about sexuality. Like the others is another great example that that mm-hmm. you brought up mm-hmm. earlier. Um, and even Tony Collette in uh, Six Sense, you know, like yeah. that it's just not the point. Yeah. Oh, she's so good in that. I that know. scene in the car where he's telling her about her mom. I'm just I can't every time. I just I sob. Have you seen John Early's pitch perfect impression of Tony Collette? In that he's like he's like Tony Collette's yeah. number one fan, and he. He can do that. It, I, it's it's not an impression. It is just like he captures her essence completely. It's very good. I um, will go find it immediately. If you could take one thing from that house to have, got yeah. it. What would you take? The necklace. <laughs> okay. Oh. I want that goddamn necklace. <laughs> Like, if it can make my attacker, like, see his last victim, like, goddamn, that is, yeah. like, the holy fucking grail. <laughs> um, I, okay, I would, this is very specific. If I could get, like, um, a packet of those cards, of, like, the ghost card that uh, Claire gets from her friend... That's like I just oh, yeah. like those would be such the greeting great greeting cards. Yes, the greeting cards. Yes, I would, that's so great. I would love to have the like uh, internally blank cook like just for any purpose, just to send those around mm-hmm. Halloween to send my nieces yeah. and nephews. Or whatever. I would I would love to to have a pack of those. Yeah, that's yes. a great one, man. You win. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I want the actual tub. I take a bath every single night. Uh, ah, yeah. the luxury. Like the tub. Mm-hmm. I would pick. Uh, the standing mirror. Oh, you know, yeah. She sees the entrance in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I like that. I don't that have is a good mirror. Else. It is. And it, like, it's like a, the thing you put shoes and coats on to. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you call that piece. Like of an thing. entryway organizer? Yeah. But there's like a real term for it, but I forget. It's not coat wrap. It's like, it's something, yeah. It's like you sit... You can store stuff in it, but you can sit on it, and there's a mirror behind it, so you know you don't look crazy after you take off your coat. I can't remember what that's called, though. <laughs> Listeners, if you know, tell us. Yes. Otherwise, yes, we'll put it in the show notes for this and be like, ha-ha, we got there first. Chime in. <laughs> All right. Um, do we know what we're doing after this? After me is Rachel. Yeah. I mean, I would really like the opportunity to do the movie Teeth. Uh, could we have long talked about this option? I'm just saying. I think it might be time. While the country is in upheaval, like, why not? Speaking give, of bathtubs, why not give the <laughs> yeah. same energy that we get in? Like, <laughs> my brother, who does not do horror, who I begged him to listen to at least an episode or two of the show. And uh, he was like, yeah, it was great. You were so funny. And I was like, yeah, which one did you listen to? He was like, Dracula. <laughs> I'm not in that episode. I haven't <gasps> joined the show yet. Oh. <laughs> like, fuck you, man. But uh, he, he said we should do teeth. So Wow. Yeah. I'm here for it. it. A really crazy thing. When, when Chris and I moved to L.A., we became friends with a really wonderful couple. They're just, like, so kind and, and wonderful. And we realized, like, a year after knowing them that half of the couple is one of the main characters in Teeth. <laughs> oh, shit. No yes. Yes. And he's a true gem. Just the sweetest guy. And that was just – I just realized it. Like, it wasn't even after watching Teeth. Just one day I was like, oh, oh. Yep. Oh. 
That isn't that weird when your brain like finally makes an, a connection that you should have known. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah. And then I felt it was impossible to then be like, oh, you're, you're in teeth, you know. Um, <laughs> awesome. But yeah, okay. I'll definitely tune into that episode. I can't wait to Yay! hear it. Yay! Thank you so much for That's coming amazing. on as our guest. This is amazing. This has been so much fun. It really, it, I, you, you all are so energizing and wonderful, and I love your whole approach to, to horror deconstruction and reconstruction. <sighs> Thank you. Thank you. We love you. We love you. We love you. Uh, you should have seen you right the excitement back. in the group chat when you agreed to do this. I was like, "Who's <laughs> in?" <laughs> we'll have to have a we'll, we'll have to have a crossover one of these days. That'd be so oh fun. My God, absolutely. We would love that. We would love that. Oh, fantastic! Oh, man, that would be awesome. Thank yeah. you so much. Oh my gosh, it would be our pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we love Andrew. having you again, listeners. This is Andrew Farmer. Um, go check him out on every possible avenue. <laughs> um, remember that you've got a list in the show notes of books and black Mountain bookstores. Um, and, you know, if you think of some zaddies we forgot, let us know. <laughs> Please follow us on Twitter. Follow us Please on Instagram. Do more than anything. Uh, follow the show. Reviews are tremendously helpful. That's another thing you can do. If you listen to any other black podcasts... Please send a review that makes a huge difference in our visibility. It, yeah, on it iTunes, really does. So. Thanks, guys. We love you. Bye. Yeah, love you. Bye. 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 Bye.